This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, and a very good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney. And a very good afternoon to everyone who is joining us from India. I know that India is running five and a half hours behind. And why I'm referring to India today is because we have got a special guest joining us from India today for this Monday Daily Dose. On every Monday, we talk about this critical theme of UN Sustainable Development Goals or Social Affairs or Inspiration Global Leaders. So today, we have chosen this topic on Act for the SDGs. And we all know in our previous conversations, I know that I've already had a lot of conversations with George on this regard that there has been a lot of uh, talking happening at the global forums, but very little tangible action happening by those countries and the businesses globally. So to talk about this, we have got Professor Sri Rupa Sengupta, who is a professor at Goa Institute of Management in India. And we also have George Mavros. So to start off this conversation, I would pass it on to Professor Sri Rupa because she has also done some research in this regard for quite some time. And I think she can be a great person to discuss about and throw some light on what has been happening recently in this regard and what she feels in general in terms of more of talking has been happening and less of action has been happening at the global stage. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Saurav, and thank you, George. And it's indeed a pleasure to uh, be invited in this forum and to engage um, on a dialogue on um, the Act for SDGs. Now, uh, we've just completed celebrating that global week from 17th to 20th September, and where the whole world again came together and trying to find out, you know, what what should be that best action and how do we ramp up our efforts? We have very little time, 2030 is almost there. Um, It's what, maybe eight years more. And the pandemic has really, really thrown everything haywire. Uh, We actually now really need to find out what should be the best strategy. How do we speed up the process? You know, the days of thinking, understanding of SDGs is kind of over. Uh, Now is how do you act on it? And two things which I felt while working on um, SDGs, of course, as part of the Goa Institute of Management, and then, of course, the research that I keep on doing, I realized that two things matter a lot. One is the having SDGs as part of your policy and then having a very, very strong leadership. If SDG is not part of the governance framework, it will never translate into action. And only when you have SDGs as part of the governance framework, you are actually creating the larger ecosystem, pushing people to think. So you need to have that mindset You know, you can't just ask people to act on something. You also need to tell them why they need to act. Now, if they have to act, the question that comes to your mind is, why do I act? What is there for me? And how can I also make a change? 
Now, I actually uh, started off with a lot of questions, but before I sort of um, go ahead a little more, I also would like to uh, thank Ultimate Global Podcast for uh, the collaboration between the Center for Social Sensitivity and Action, which is part of the Goa Institute of Management. And uh, I actually would take more of the references from GIM, the way GIM has been acting on SDGs. So, you know, when they began the journey, like any other higher education institute way back in 2015 on working on SDGs, um, it was to make people understand the value of SDGs, why it is important. But I think what really sets GIM apart is they very quickly realized you need to put it into the vision of uh, the institute. And of course, the able leadership is needed. So if you look at our uh, vision, of, uh, which is the GIM's vision, we say that we would be nurturing responsible and agile leaders uh, and transformative leaders who would be focusing on responsibility, ethics, and sustainability in business practices. So you actually have already set the agenda that what kind of leaders you would want to shape up. That I would say is a huge thing to happen. And of course, our director, Professor Ajit Parulekar has been very clear as to how sustainability figures in all the activities that the so while we have brought discussions on sustainability into the classroom it is not limited to that uh, that's where the center for uh, social sensitivity and action comes in wherein it's action you know it we have action in our uh, the uh, the nomenclature of the center and uh, when i say it's action which means we have a couple of programs and i'll just take uh, refer to the give goa which is a flagship program of goa institute of management and why i say that uh, this is very important because we take the students to the community we are saying we're talking about sustainability we're talking about the global goals these may seem very abstract when you're sitting in the classroom and you may just be wondering why let us take you to the community. You can understand for yourself what is the relevance it holds for the lives of so many people. And once you become part of the business, how can you bring about tangible, you know, tangible results? I always feel that we do a lot of talking, but we do not bring about very concrete results. Uh, and that is where I think uh, the center and the institute both have been working towards that tangibility factor by continuously pushing the boundaries. So you learn and you create an impact. So our whole focus on, uh, we tell the students, even if it's a smaller impact, you have to go out and create that impact. We've gone a step further. Now we don't just say, create an impact, we say, try and understand, did you really create an impact? So you need to also be monitoring the impact that you are creating. And uh, one very good thing about GIM is, we have three pillars of SDGs. We throughout in these five years have made a conscious effort that we balance social, economic and environmental sustainability. 
So we have created the curriculum, the activities, the research in a way that all the three get an equal chance uh, to come up for being uh, evaluated by the students, understood by the students, and then being also acted upon. So why I started with this was, um, I feel, you know, it's a very small, um, you know, if you can do it in an institute, uh, and an institute is nothing but a microcosm of the society. Uh, if we can train our students that way, they then go out to the business. And they can actually follow the way GIM has been practicing it. So that's those have been my observations. And also uh, because I have engaged with the government, done uh, research which looks into the capacity building of government officials on SDGs. And the one thing that uh, I have actually come across is often that the government officials, where our capacity building lacks, some strength would be they're not being able to connect. For them, it is a very broad thing. But the question that keep, keeps on coming back is, how do we make it relevant? And how do we know that we've made it relevant? Uh, and I think that is where now in these eight years, we need to work on first making it very context specific. And second, of course, uh, telling them how to make it context specific, which of course means um, you have able leadership, you strategize and budget for those actions and continuously monitor those actions. And of course, the last part would be having real-time data. At GIM, we continuously monitor the impact. That real-time data actually tells us whether we are going in the right direction. Now, if you don't have that evidence, it becomes very, very difficult to actually make people move, you know, really say that, hey, go out and you have to come together for the action. So those have been some of the learnings, reflections, takeaways through the different engagements that I've had with, on one hand, the students, on the other hand, with the larger community, uh, the local community, as well as the government officials. Thank you so much, Professor Sri Rupa. Um, I want to also bring in George into this conversation. And in fact, look at this data, you know, George, we always look at some key figures during this podcast. And again, if you look back at those key figures, I think we touched based upon this in our previous podcast session as well. Now, due to this COVID-19, as Professor also raised that, uh, it is estimated that around 83 to 132 million people have been pushed towards chronic hunger in the year 2020. And the report, which I was reading, also focuses on gender, that again, there has been some sort of, um, you know, an element of gender inequalities existing within the society. For example, some of the skilled workers who are women in different countries are still not treated in the same way as the men workers, though they might be having the same skill level. And that's why we keep on focusing towards women empowerment in this era as well. So would like to know your comments on that, George. Thanks, thanks, Rob, and, and thank you, for Prof Professor, for that uh, very in-depth um, insight. Um, I, I guess from where I'm sitting, 
I am one of those people that keeps complaining, Professor, that there's a whole lot of talk and there's a whole lot of good meaning, but what's actually being done? Um, and um, I was talking about this very topic, and, and I'm now starting to sound like a broken record for anybody that's listened to me. In the If this is your third podcast this week, I apologise. You're going to hear it again. The UN had 190-odd speakers. One of the great topics that the UN spoke about was gender equality, which I think is one of the sustainable developments. And out of the 190-odd speakers at the UN who is committed to gender equality, there were 18 women. Now, I'm not sure, but in my mathematics learning, that means that they are around about 10%. If that's equality, I'm not sure we've quite got there yet. Um, there's also, we. I think the other side of it is that many people mean well and many institutions mean well, but what do they actually do? Um, and and um, with GIM, so you, you take them out to there and they get to meet the people and you teach them about this, that and the other. But what do you actually do to get these students, these people to move forward? Um, I met Sarab um, through mentoring uni students a couple of years ago and he approached me uh, wanting to work with me as an intern, which I said, no, because that's not what I do. Apart from anything else, I don't like people working with me and not getting paid. But I wanted to help him grow and I wanted to help him learn his own areas of expertise. So when he spoke to me about co-founding this podcast, I said, yes, because I'm actually doing something with this young fellow and he has, he has proven me well and truly a great judge of character because he's doing something. I have six other uni students that I've now started businesses with to, to help them understand what entrepreneurship is. Um, three of those are actually women, okay? They're young females. And, and I have, so, so I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here, but what, I, what I'm saying to you, Professor, is in my small way, um, I'm actually doing something, not just talking about it, not just teaching them, but actually implementing something. And um, so, and I think, Sarab, for me, this is the most important thing that teach, uh, my, uh, Professor, you probably don't know, but my, my company name is Etsy, E-T-S-I. I explain, I teach, I show, but I also implement. And I, and I think that we've all, all, whether it's government, whether it's UN, whether it's universities, there has to be more action and there has to be implementation. Do we want no poverty? Yep. But we've got to tell people how we achieve that. Yeah, absolutely, George. And I also want to bring in this point into picture. I think Professor uh, Srirupa touched based upon the fact that how important is policy framework and a solid leadership important to bring in that change? And through George's own experience, how he shared that, how 
he has been mentoring so many students in UNSW Sydney and also in various universities across Australia. Um, and I, I, I really admire, you know, both uh, Professor Sri Rupa's argument because I have been a student there as well. And I also admire the arguments, George, because, you know, I have been one of your mentees uh, in this case. Now, looking at the argument, I want to continue forward with this discussion and see that anything which needs to happen can only happen when all the countries are together in this. Nothing can happen alone. And I think that's one point which countries need to understand. If they are trying to do things individually, they might not achieve results. And it might more be a political ambition rather than re really focusing on any of the SDGs. And, you know, so what do you think about this, Professor Sri Rupa, on this? So I think uh, George made a very, very important point that, um, you know, right now, as I also mentioned, that we are done away with the teaching part. You know, you can't be teaching forever. You actually have to. <laughs> it's time that they now do the action, right? And um, so I respond to what and respond to what George was also saying that uh, some of the courses, again, if I can go back to Givkova and the, some various courses that we have. So the purpose is we connect the students to an entity which is in the local community. That entity could be the government, a social enterprise, and or, or could be a school, could be anything. We say they have a problem. We have already taught you about SDGs and sustainability. Now it's up to you to solve their problem. So uh, and also for you to realize whether you've been really being able to solve that problem. You know, your client would just come back and say, hey, what you said didn't make our lives easier. So the fact is not that, um, you know, that we just teach and leave it at that, but for them to also realize that maybe when you go to the field, you also need to improvise and you need to judge for yourself. What is it and how you would mold your actions? So that is one thing. The second thing, responding to what Saurabh said, and I always feel without a collective action, this movement can never be achieved. Uh, you know, no one can work in silence, be it the government, the countries, the universities. So what do we do for our students? We have a lot of student clubs. And whenever, uh, so our mandate is try to join hands. The SDGs are interdependent. To understand that the SDGs are interdependent, you have to work together. Not only that, we've recently been uh, doing a lot of uh, international student international projects in collaboration with other universities. The reason that we push our students to get take part in these collaborations is for them to understand how other countries are looking at the problem. So if, uh, and if I can give an example, fashion is something which is very close to each one of us. We all want to look good. But then our looking good also has, comes with a big cost. Now, it, it becomes very difficult for us to tell this to our students, because if I say this in a classroom, everyone will say, ha, not again, you know. But then if I can make the student work with a business leader on one hand, and of course work with another university, probably with another university student 
on the same project and try and see that the waste that is generated from fashion industry and how do how are they solving uh, how are they managing waste that is one hand there's a lot of modern forms of slavery which of course coming from a developing country uh, that's also one of the problems that's part of the supply chain of various industries so what do we do do we just kind of say do we just uh, formulate policies or is there a way to tackle it so for everything theoretically that we explain in the class we push our students to the field now the field can be anything and i completely agree on one hand you have to implement on the other hand you can't be implementing alone you have to join hands with a partner again who is responsible and who has a sensitivity towards sustainability you have to choose your partners also very very carefully so uh, that part the uh, selection of partner is equally important uh, it should not be that we choose a partner or we work in a team where the diversity is not there and um, today we are reporting on the uh, you know the imbalance between women representation of men and women very soon we will also have to talk about the lgbtq community they are also getting into uh, the business into higher education i am also worried and i want to understand where are they what are we doing for them what kind of social protection is out for them are they getting access to it and where is the data coming i mean from india i can see we are yet to report we don't see it officially i mean of course there are legislations but what is happening on the ground is very very important and why aren't we collecting the data when we are talking about gender inequality and on the other hand talking about gender diversity where is the data that really talks about the entire spectrum of gender is also probably a question each one of us needs to ask ourselves as a faculty researcher trainer government official so um it's a very complex thing that's what i feel but i am a i am an optimist if we have achieved so much and we've been able to really shake up i'm sure we'll be able to also make the change that's how i look at uh, the world yeah Do you, do you have any remarks on that, George? Uh, Sarab, have you ever known me not to have any remarks? <laughs> not, of course. That's why I passed it on to you. <laughs> um, the the only area that I will I will challenge you both on is the concept that we have to have all the countries working on this together. And I'm and I'm being a bit cheeky here, in particular because of the date that it is. And I'll remind you of a chap that you may have heard of before, a fellow by the name of Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi. Now I seem to recall that he did something in South Africa before he actually came back to India and achieved many great things. But he also had an impact. in south africa and he also had an impact with another chap uh, a fellow some people might remember called martin luther king that was in america now america and south africa and india were not necessarily 
the countries that were doing something. But you had one extraordinary... I, I need to declare, Professor uh, Sarupa, uh, Gandhi is one of my motivational people. And he, when I, when I lecture and I talk to people, I always talk about Gandhi. So, um, um, so what I'm saying is because he had the idea and he was able to, whatever he did, he impacted on Nelson Mandela and he impacted on Martin Luther King. Okay, along comes George Mavros many years later and he goes, wow, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, wow. And those people are what drive me to change people. So whilst I agree with you in many things, bit hard for us to tackle climate control if, if one country says yes and everybody else says no. I agree with that. But with the, with a lot of things, and I and I'm 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 annoyed because I cannot remember the exact words of "be the change you want to see occur." Words to that effect. Um, so, if 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 GIM does what they're doing, and University of New South Wales does what they're doing, and I do what I'm doing, and collectively the three of us come up with some idea of getting four or five people to stop and listen to us and it starts to grow. There, there are not many countries that can hold their head high when it comes to the climate change matter. There is one young lady who I do not necessarily agree with all that she says, but she's made everybody stop and talk about it. And I'm talking about Greta Thunberg. So she didn't wait to join hands. She damn well made them join hands. So, so I, I understand what you're saying in principle, but I, I don't want people to think until we get 174 countries thinking about this, we can't do anything. If each and every single person started to think about it, now we've got a chance. And I think, uh, George, we might also have to think about this critical point, as was raised in by the WHO in UN, that a lot has been said in the last five to six years, right? But we are not doing, the businesses are not taking enough action. So six years have already passed on, and we are now setting goals for 2030. So we have to consider the challenges that we might face in the coming years, in the next six years. So where do we want to in, you know, vision ourselves at when we reach 2025, when we reach 2028, we might not have a very long-term vision of nine years. We can break them down into small baby steps. I think two days back we were talking about that. You don't have to look at your end-term goal. You can just look at your short-term goals and try to achieve your long-term goal. Isn't it, Professor Sri Rupa? Yeah, and I think that is where the process of continuous monitoring is very, very important. Uh, yes. If you have... Uh, implemented something, why don't you revisit that? Maybe, you know, after six months, go back and see whether it has given you results. Yes. Uh, we always wait for that one annual report to be published. Why are we waiting for that calendar year to be completed? Yeah, because let's wait 12 this... months to find out we failed. Wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and things are changing, you know. We are changing every day. There are so many crises happening can we really wait for that long to evaluate whether what we did uh, a year ago, whether that's actually happening? 
the other thing what i think is if you do a correction in between there's a lot of uh, resources you need to actually move forward so you should not be wasting resources anyway we have a resource crunch uh, be it human resource time money and so then again as jyot said the three people one from india the one from south africa and america they chose each other and they were a perfect fit we also now really need to choose that kind of a fit maybe one starts the other two joins but when one is joining hand with the other let us join uh, i mean let us hold the right hand we yes. right now really don't have any more time to make mistakes uh, yes. we've made all our mistakes we've learned from our mistakes the pandemic has again shown that we really can't afford to make mistakes so now we have to do the right thing choosing our leader making the right policy and not to stop at policy breaking down the actions and again i feel the centralized uh, you know process should be done away with decentralize and delegate the more you centralize the power it is very difficult to actually say that the ceo the head of the company would do anything why would he do everything isn't it my responsibility also to contribute so if the message comes from the top to the bottom at the same time i always say you should always listen to the people you are working with so it has to be a two way communication and if you don't have all of this coming together acting for sdg is going to be really really difficult uh, it's not only about breaking down into action but also i guess regular monitoring and keeping a check on what goals you set for yourself in the last one year and it's also linking to you know your personality development personal development when we talk about your personal development we also speak these words that what are your short term goals and what are your long term goals in your life and where do you think you stand one year down the line why do you think you couldn't achieve what you were thinking to achieve one year before what were the reasons for that going back to that and then re-strategizing and re-figuring out as to what can be done to correct whatever things we did wrong in the last one year but i want to um, you know talk about one thing before we end this session with george which is on this particular argument uh, which is always linked with sustainability of you know thinking global but acting locally the sdgs we all know they are very broad enough and they are tailoring to your industry and organization so they can always tailor to a specific country or specific industry but looking at it from a broader angle and looking at it and setting universal goals which can eventually meet the urgent environmental and social issues going around the world i think that can be a good way to move forward for a lot of businesses isn't it george yeah and i um i think professor makes a very good point about who we join hands with and and the commitment and the and the annual reviews um i in case there's people listening to this from australia um what happens in australia professor and i'm sure it probably happens in india too if you make a comment about a political party everyone assumes that you're from the other side so um i always start off with traditionally i am a liberal voter okay historically i have been a liberal voter but that doesn't stop me being able to point out the mistakes 
of the Liberal government. And we have a Liberal Prime Minister and we have a Liberal government here and they have pussyfooted around on climate change in particular. They have used all sorts of mechanisms to try and say, oh, no, no, we're going to reach our target because they're going to, if you've ever been to the circus, there's the guy that moves the pee around under the cups and it's all sleight of hands. And we credit this and we credit that and we do this, but we we, we don't actually reach the, the, the goal. So I think what we actually need is to be able to have some specific targets and goals. And we've got goals. The UN's got goals and we've got this set up and that set up. I, I, I get a little bit cynical, Professor, because I wonder with... With especially at international government level, do they actually only want to review it once a year because it means you don't have to think about it for 11 months of the year? So I think that's a question to you, Professor. Yeah, so um, you see, because you're saying about uh, goals and targets, well, uh, Honestly, I think you can't achieve all goals and targets. No. We have also not been rea realistic. You know, I always say there is a larger framework. They've given you a blueprint. Now it is up to you to customize it. Do not blindly follow everything. I mean, if you are going to do that, you will never achieve anything. So let's have our own set of goals and targets. Having said that, I feel and I strongly uh, feel we also need to, uh, you know, have a real time monitoring. If I'm doing this, what is it happening? How far I'm moving ahead? And that monitoring has to be made public. One needs to incentivize the other to move on. If I can see myself, my efforts and that effort gets appreciated, not uh, one year later, but maybe in a week or in six months, I give a pat on my back and I say, this is happening. So mm. I am all the more motivated. So yep. if we have to motivate, the evidence has to be shown, which means there has to be more transparency in the whole process. If you don't bring in these elements, uh, people, you know, they would just take it as, oh, no, once again, the business leader wants me to do it. Maybe I just do it. We're not asking for a casual attitude. You are not doing a favor to anyone. It's your life. It's your planet. You are doing a favor to yourself. So unless we can make people understand it's a favor to yourself, not even a favor, you have to do this because your life is in threat. And you do this also. And you can ask from the government because it's a human right. The government is not doing a charity. It has to give and assure and uphold the fundamental rights of all the citizens. We have to come out of this charity and welfare and look at things from a rights perspective. And these communications then become very, very powerful. More you talk about human rights, people understand, yes, it is my right. They will demand it. The time has now also come to do so Let's make the discussion more transparent and more humanistic. You know, when we talk about goals and target, it just seems that I am uh, having a political science discussion. But it's more of 
humanity and mind life. So I guess that human human touch is very, very important. And, and I, I can I, just imagine the background noise which is coming from Goa yeah, seems so to be sorry. the scary noise of the clouds there. Yes. It's a bad weather today. I, I know that. Yeah. Since I've lived there for two years, I can I can tell you that these were the scary, you know, clouds in the in the state of Goa, which can scare all the audience who are watching us at the moment. Anyways, um, I can just sum it up by saying in three words what we have discussed and what values we are giving before I pass it on to George is A is action. Action is what is, is in demand at the moment. Number two is being you know, taking feedback on that action. So if you have taken some, an, uh, some action as a business, as a government, what kind of feedback mechanism have you set? And number three is transparent. How transparent is that action and feedback to the people and to you know, the world so that we can also look at what kind of actions you took and what kind of uh, monitoring you are doing on those actions. Uh, final remarks, George. Um, well, firstly, thank you very much, Professor. I would I would like to think that that huge rumble in the background is the rumble of change that's starting from there. So that would be that would be great. Um, I think what I'd like to leave people with is the thought that many of the sustainable development goals, I think, uh, are too big. For most people to get their head around. If I look at number one, no poverty. I can't imagine that there will ever be no poverty. But set yourself a goal. Set yourself an individual target of what you're going to do. I have a, I have a, a minimum amount of charitable work I do each year. Now, that's not the most I'll do. It is the minimum. Now, can I get rid of all poverty? No, I can't, but I can play a part in it. Zero hunger. I, I, I'm sorry, Professor, I don't believe that is possible. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be aiming for it. And one of, one of the things that I, I teach is never, ever be afraid to reach for the stars. You may never get there, but you might get out of the valley. You might get above the hills and you might even get to the top of the mountain. And that's a whole lot better than just staying in the valley and looking at the stars. Over to you, Professor. Thank you, George, and thank you, Saurav. I think this discussion was very candid and spontaneous, and so I really liked it. And yes, I think optimism is something we really have to have it in us. As I said, we will not get to, we will not be able to achieve everything. Uh, we also have our own limitations as an institution, as an individual institution and a country. But that should not mean that we slip back into inertia and say that because we will never have no poverty, let's not even look at it. So uh, the change only happens when you say that, yes, something can be done. Now, the question is, how do we do it? Let's not go back and say, oh, no, we don't have all of this. Let's appreciate that we have some resources. And with that, some resources and limitation, 
The question is, how do we move forward? Who are the ones we join hands with? I always believe if you can appreciate your immediate surroundings, your colleagues, and the huge, you know, the support that you get, then you can build up on it. Rather being negative and cynical and say that, you know, it's not happening. So we also need to change that kind of a mindset, which is why I said, if you don't have the mindset, you can't go. Yeah, I think um, the connections today is not so good from Goa, but I'm sure that the conversations were really useful. And as, as you just talked about that, we had a very candid discussion and that's what we do at Ultimate Global Podcast. We generally don't want to enter into serious discussions, uh, though we are talking about a serious topic. But how can we talk about a serious topic in a way that we are able to connect with the audiences? That's what we look for. Because even if it is a serious topic, you can still connect with different audiences by the way you say the things. And when you create value through those key facts and independent perspectives that are shared on this platform, that's what create values for the people who are listening to us uh, in, you know, as our audience. And that's what we aim to do in the future as well. And I hope that you know, we have these monthly uh, podcast episodes with you, uh, with you Professor Srirupa. And, you know, we can touch base upon more things on sustainable development goals in the coming few months. But for now, I would like to say a goodbye to everyone who was watching this. And do let us know if you have any feedback. And if you also want to follow Ultimate Global Podcast on our different platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, you just need to type in Ultimate Global Podcast and you can follow it. And similarly, if you want to follow the pages of CSSA, what, a, what an incredible job they are doing at Goa Institute of Management. You can just type CSSA on Instagram and, you know, you can follow their pages as well. So both of us, you know, we are doing a great job and let's keep on moving together and spreading this message because if we are able to spread to our community, then they can spread it to their communities. And that's what create a ripple effect to the message that we ultimately want to spread through these discussions. Thank you so much.